Joan Whitener. Okay. And when were you born? I was born uh, in Flat River, Missouri, September the 6th, 1935. Okay. I'm 83. Soon be 84. Tell us about your early years, as far back as you can remember. We, uh, Mother and Dad, when they were married, uh, my uh, mother's mother had lost her husband at an early age. And so when dad and mom were married, um, they lived with her for a spell. So her home was in Flat River and that's where she raised her children. And uh, <clears throat> mother went to junior college up there also. And uh, they didn't live there very long because her brothers were old enough to go into the service. And since there had, they had no dad at that time. And then uh, they, mother and dad moved to Fredericktown with his mother and dad. <laughs> and while we were, uh, while we were living there, I don't remember this because I was too young at the time. Because we we moved to Fredericktown, Mother said, when I was 18 months old. And they continued to live with Dad's mom and Dad, who were Eli Miner and Mary Berdilla Miner. She was a LaPlante. My earliest memories were when I was six. I remember uh, Grandpa Eli and my dad and his brothers that were home at the time built our house on some uh, land that Grandpa Eli gave us. And it was right next door, across the little field. So that's where my memories start. Did you say what your parents' names were? Uh, Claude and Glendora Minor. And Mother was a Dudley from Flat River. And she uh, was a school teacher. And my dad was uh, a farmer and a chicken rancher for a while. And then he was employed at, uh, he was foreman at Devers and Steets Shoe Company. The first shoe company over here. He was foreman in the shoe fitting department. In Fredericktown? Yes. Now is that what was known later as Brown Shoe? Or? Yes. Okay. Later changed into yes. Brown Shoe Company. Yeah. Okay, and so you were six when they built that house. Yes. You remember them building it? Yes, I do. I remember them building it. And I remember a year later, after it was already built, they decided they needed a basement room. So they, <laughs> they dug by hand just one a room out to put a furnace in. So they had wished they had done that earlier. <laughs> I have heard of people doing that after the house. Yeah, created, I yeah. A lot of structural. Yeah, they there was a lot of concrete down there, mm -hmm. you know. So there was uh, just had enough room to dig out a pretty good sized area for the washer and dryer. Well, no dryer. We yeah. hung our clothes on the line. I still do that, mm -hmm. by the way. <laughs> uh, your mother. Went to the community college in Flat River? Yes, she did. Mm -hmm. So she was a teacher while you were a uh -huh. Yes. And even after I was married, she taught 32 years. And Mary Jo, of course, yes. this is her 32nd year. She's retiring. Oh. She's not teaching this year. She's really looking forward to it, too. <laughs> did your mom, did she teach down here in Fredericktown? Yes, she did. She taught uh, me, as a matter of fact, in the Boswell community, because that's what the name of our community was, the Boswell community. What streets were those around uh, that area? There were no streets. That was rural. Oh, okay. In Fredericktown? Yes, okay. in Madison County. 
Um, somebody that we've already interviewed said one of the biggest changes in Fredericktown is that these little areas that were named are no longer, they don't mm -mm. have their own school districts anymore. Like no. Ka Catherine Mines, Catherine Place. But Catherine and Place. Cobalt Village, and they were very distinct. Mm -hmm. uh, well. I guess before the <clears throat> consolidation of the district, yeah. school districts. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, my father, uh, Claude, were, uh, he was on the old-fashioned the Boswell School Board, long, long time ago. And then my husband, I married Bill Whitener then, and he was from the Cedar Grove community, which the earlier community down there was Creek Nation. That's what it was first called. And it consisted of Boswell community, Little Vine community, Cedar Bottom, Cedar Creek, and where Cedar Grove, where I live. And actually, uh, Highway E divides that, but it was a gravel road then, of course, mm -hmm. a rural road. And actually, it goes down to the big San Francis River. And then those communities across the river had other names, of course. Okay. You know, Black Mountain, for one. And uh, that area down in there, Minimum and Annapolis and all of those areas down in there. And all those little districts had churches, mm -hmm. school districts, and school, I mean, you know, and churches. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I was reading not long ago that the Creek Nation started that uh, area of Madison County started getting farmers in there at uh, 1803. And by 1830, it was completely populated, uh, you know. And they were farmers. They were uh, uh, cow and calf operations, hogs, layers, chickens, and uh, dairies. You know, they had some dairies. Was it something like Oklahoma where they were allotted so much property if they um, agreed to stay? And they, a lot of them got their land through land grants. Okay. Yeah, the earlier ones mm -hmm. now. But when Bill and I were married in 1955, the name they had already consolidated all the schools, and we were the Cedar Grove community. So it changed from Creek Nation. Didn't call it that anymore. Was that a legal change or just... Well, you know, I don't know how that came about. I guess maybe it all changed when they consolidated school districts, maybe. Mm -hmm. And they did away with all the Boswell School, etc. So they just were no more. They just all came to Mill Creek. That's where the school was built. I went to Boswell School for six years, and my mother taught two of those years. So she taught me at one time. And we walked a mile and a half to school and back. How big was the school? Do you remember it? Uh, yes, it was about 30 children. And it was all eight grades, okay. you know. And did you walk along a road? A road. Okay. It wasn't a path. It was a regular county road. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is far, though. A mile yeah. and a half. Yeah, there and back. And, you know, it seems strange to me. I've talked to my sister about this. She's passed away now. So I lost my pal last year. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And anyway, um, and I had a brother who's already passed away. So I was the oldest and I'm the only one left now. But anyway, we can remember walking when there was ice on the ground. And you know, people would not let their children do that now for no or even or even walk a mile and half to school by themselves. But we picked up neighbor children along the way. Mm -hmm. So we we weren't always alone, you know. And then after the sixth grade, uh, Mill Creek community had their own school. It was uh, two rooms. It was the first grade to the fifth grade was in one room, 
and then the sixth grade to the eighth grade was in the other room. So I went there two years, seventh and eighth grade. And it was called the Old Mill Creek School. And then uh, uh, it's still there, but it's uh, people live in it now, you know. And then uh, when I was in the uh, eighth grade, I just went there, I'm sorry, to one year, seventh. And that's when they were building the new uh, Mill Creek schools out there. There's two of them, you know, our lower building and an upper building. And I graduated there then from the eighth grade. Yeah, I, uh, uh, of course, rode the bus uh, into Fredericktown for, uh, until I graduated from high school. But that's as far as I went, yes. Did you have any favorite subjects in school? Uh, yeah, I liked, uh, I loved to read, so I liked reading and I liked science. I did not at the time like geography and history, but I love it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I had a lot of work to do at home, too, because now my brother and sister were, I, I'm three, was three years older than they were, so they played together. There was only a year difference in them. So I had to uh, help with the dishes and help clean the house, and and my job was to do the ironing. I got to be pretty professional <laughs> doing the ironing. <laughs> now, did you guys have a farm at the time, or you said you went to work for the shoe factory? He, yes, he went to work for the shoe factory. So did you garden, or what did you... We just gardened at the time. Now, my grandmother, Birdie, they called her, she had a huge garden. And I would walk over there and help her in her garden, and that she taught me how to make pies. So that's my job today. When we have Thanksgiving and Christmas, six pies I have to make every year. What's the secret? Well, <laughs> the secret. Well, no, it, I don't want you to give away your secrets, but <laughs> not butter, lard? Lard back then. Okay. And by the way, I have rendered my own lard, too, after I got married. But anyway, yes, lard makes the best pie crust in the world. But my secret now is I, if I want to make a really good uh, crust, I use lard. But otherwise, I use Crisco and part butter, and it makes just as good. Yeah. And when you say lard, it's from a pig, right? That's exactly right. Not- I mean, nobody ever uses beef. Oh, no. No. That's called soot. Oh, is it? Yes. Well, they used that then in mincemeat. Oh, yes. That's true. They did, yes. And by the way, I love mincemeat pie, but the rest of my family doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. We're there together. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I made one, and I was the only one that ate a piece of it. Uh, I did get David to try a piece, but... He didn't like it. <laughs> when I went to high school, it was up on High Street. Okay, by the elementary. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's where I went four years. And was it Marvin College? Did you go to high school there, or was oh, it a different uh, building? Uh, it's a different building. Marvin College was all ready to tore down by then. Oh, okay. Yeah. In the early 50s. Well, let's see. I graduated from school in 53, got married in 55. So I don't know if one of those buildings was an old Marvin College building or not. By the gym, that auditorium they used to call that, uh, we had, uh, it was there, and we had uh, assemblies there and music lessons there. And we also had a home ec classes in that so building. So had they torn down the other building that was the high school? Yes. And then yeah. built the elementary? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you remember, before we go on from there, do you remember um, any particular things as a child, uh, celebrations in the community or um, church events or anything like that that stand out to you? Uh, we can go back a little ways. Uh, we used to have pie box. A box suppers, mm. pie suppers, you know, or box suppers, you used to call them, where the ladies and the older students would bring uh, 
boxes and they uh, box lunches, decorate them all, put them up for auction, and that's how they would get money for schools. And we had king and queen contest, and we had uh, back in early school we had Christmas uh, programs and uh, Halloween programs and. All those things. But schools were still back then yeah. trying to raise money for it. Yeah. And they would they would run the prettiest girl and take bids on that, you know, and everybody would, whoever got the most, most money won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> you would have been in your early teens, I guess, during the World War? Uh, no, I would be. Let's see, that would be back in uh, 45 was Second yeah, World War, right. wasn't it? So that's when it ended. So I would have been 10 then because I was born in 35. Right. So do you remember anything of it or no? Yes, I do. I know that Gram Grandma Minor, Bertie, she had five boys in the Second World War at one time. And I don't know how she stood that. That was terrible. And one of them, uh, one of Dad's... Now, Dad was the only boy that wasn't in, in the war because he had a family at that time. He was the oldest child. And uh, one of his brothers, Uncle Floyd, uh, he had two purple hearts and, oh, my Lord, uh, medal after medal, and he was a full major when he retired. Two purple hearts. Yes. Could you have a purple heart and then be sent back? Yeah, he had two purple hearts, and uh, I don't know. He never told me how he got those, but, of course, you had to be wounded yeah. in order to get them, yeah. you know. Yeah. And Mother also had uh, three brothers in the war at that time also. Because her dad were just four years apart. So her brothers and sisters were about, of course, the same age as dad's brothers and sisters were. So, yeah, And each family had 11 children. Each family had 11 children. Were you close to your cousins? Oh, yeah, sure. And we would have reunions. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes we don't see each other too much, but we all call one another and back then and had uh, family reunions. Were those usually in the summer? Because I can't yeah. imagine that many people being no. inside. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was in the summertime when we would all get together at Grandma's. Yeah. I, I um, was confused when I was a teenager, so I asked my uncle, what was the deal with food in the 30s and the 40s? And he said... In the 30s, there was plenty of food, but we, nobody had money. And in the 40s, people had money, but their food was rationed. So did that affect people in Madison County uh, that, you know, because you grew your own things. But in the yeah. cities, you could only get sugar or, or sweetener or eggs or something with a Well, I imagine that tea. was due to the war. Well, yes, in the 40s. Um, in the 40s, that would have been due to the war. Did, uh, did food rationing affect people in Madison County? Uh, yes, there used to be food stamps where you would have to give food stamps in order to get your food. And I realize you were young. But... Yeah, I remember Mother having a food stamp book. Hmm. And so sugar was scarce. And sugar was scarce. But... And meat was scarce, mm -hmm. unless you went out and shot your uh, your own or killed your own if you lived in a rural area. So there are certain things you could probably manage yourself. Yes, you right. You your own cattle. And, yeah, yeah sure. And people butchered their own cattle, and we butchered hogs when we got married. And I rendered my own lard at the time. And, and when Bill and I got married... Um, we went in business with uh, Bill's mother and dad, which was Clark and Louise Whitener, and they lived in the Cedar Grove community. And the, we bought a farm right next to them. Well, we went together and bought it, and it was the old Ed Lewis farm. And they had a, 
uh, all of the house had sat empty for a while. But we lived there for five years, and the termites, we would have tried to restore it. It was a beautiful old home. But you could not repair it because of the termite damage in it. So we lived there five years, and then uh, we tore it down and built a basement. And we lived in that basement until the house was built on the top. So then we proceeded to have five children in seven years. I had five children in seven years. <laughs> but I was going to tell you about the garden. Uh, the Ed Lewis farm, there was 13 of those children. Nine girls and four boys. And they must have had a, they had a huge garden area. And I read stories about their family in the Blue Book. And uh, also, uh, they had a milk house down the lane, a half, almost a half a mile away. And the children would have to walk down there morning, noon, and night and get butter and milk and walk back up to the house. Wow. And well, the old spring house is still there. Why did they, why was it so far away? Well, that's where a really good spring was. Okay. The only spring that was close enough. And it was right down along the river, too. Mm -hmm. And the spring house was on a little hill set like here. And they had their spring house overneath, oh, built over yeah. the spring. And Grandma Minor and Grandpa, uh, they had a tremendous spring. As a matter of fact, it's been said it was the coldest and best in Madison County. And it still runs a stream into the creek where I was raised there. That sounds wonderful. It sounds as if people in the country were better off food-wise than were. people in the city. I think so. Except my father told me uh, when they were... He was 10. He remembered back to where he, he told me about when he was 7. They lived in the Bruno area, which is way beyond, is right down where Juliet is. Have you heard of Juliet? I have. Well, it's on past Juliet a little ways. And they were raised there. They rented a, a, they lived in a house there, and I think they must have rented it. Because Dad said one winter, the snow covered the fence post. And him, since he was the oldest boy, him and Grandpa would have to go out and find rabbit holes and knock rabbits in the head and hang them on their porch because it was so cold back mm. then. They would freeze. Mm. And, they would go, and that was the only meat they had other than potatoes and turnips. And so I think at that time, when Dad was 10, uh, they had some really tough times then because they had 11 children, too. They had to feed. Yeah, so... Well, you know, too, it's... when we I think when we, a lot of times when we think about that time period of people growing their own food and doing all of that. Right. Not only did they have bigger families, but, you know, sometimes things go wrong. Sure. And you have years where, where, where things don't grow as well. And I yeah. you, you know, we forget those details unless you've had a garden, you know. You yeah. Or, mm -hmm. and well, and, you know, my grandma taught me how to can, too. And uh, so her and I would uh, do green beans together. I'm taught, you know, green beans together and stuff. So when I got married, Grandma Louise knew how to can, too. That was Bill's mom. And uh, one summer... We can 500 quarts of green beans. But they were about the only thing that did good in the garden at that time, other than tomatoes and squashes and ear corn. You could not grow sometimes like asparagus or cauliflower or broccoli because of the bugs. Right. And cabbage get good and lettuce to get good. Mm -hmm. You know, and but uh, grandma, my grandma now back later on, she she grew those things, and I guess the bugs weren't so bad then. 
I don't. They seem to cycle. Some years they're yeah. worse. Yeah. It's interesting because we're used to the grocery store where we can get anything. Well, like, right. And, uh, and Grandma used to uh, grow wonderful eggplant. And that's how, you know. But then when I was married and tried to grow it, I could not grow it. I mean, it's very hard it to grow. Hard to grow. Yeah. And and broccoli, you don't grow much broccoli, do you? Yeah, no, I have you have issues that. with that too. Yeah. Me too. Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. They're hard to grow too. I think uh, they're uh, as well as humans liking them. Uh, insects like them and pests like them too. Oh yeah. <laughs> now I've always been afraid to can because the directions are so scary, you know, like, oh, do this or you'll get botulism or something. But people did it all the time. So what did you do to make sure that, you know, there wouldn't be any bad bacteria in it? Well, you have to be very clean with it. First, when you gather it from the garden, bring it in the house and wash it really good. Wash it and make sure you sterilize your jars. I always wash mine in hot soapy water. Then I would put a big roaster on the stove, set them uh, uh, open down uh, in hot boiling water for 10 minutes and let the steam go up inside them. And uh, then put your produce, or like your green beans or whatever you're going to can in them and process them and they just turn out wonderful. Unless your lids don't seal. You have to make sure that you hear your lids snap down. You buy the lids that snap, you hear them snap down, and they're sealed then. And you can keep them for five years or better. Now, would there ever be a, a visual aid to let you know if it would not be safe to eat it? Uh, yeah, even if the lid sealed and say you had a piece of uh, bean or something was under the seal of it, it might take it uh, maybe 10 or 10 days or so to see if you were going to pick it up and open it for dinner. You could tell the beans would be swiveled on the top or they would smell bad or they didn't have a good color. Or something, and I was always one that threw out those if they happened. The lids would bulge too somehow. Yeah. Kind of yes. Yeah, and and they would be hard, easy to pop off. And I have now, if you're going to make kraut, mm -hmm. uh, you need to use the zinc lids and the rubber rings, and they hold good too, even if they're cold, because you know you don't can kraut hot. Mm -hmm. You know, it's cold. Yeah. Did you do a lot of, of kraut? Yes, I did. Yeah. I did. The kids love kraut. Yeah. My mouth is watering. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love kraut, yes. What you buy today is just not like what you used to make a long time ago. Yeah. You graduated. You said you got married how many years after graduation? Two. Two years. In 1955. And who, okay. And who was your husband again? Bill Whitener. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was on the Fredericktown School Board for 17 years. And uh, what did he do? Uh, he uh, he never had an outside job. He was a regular farmer. Okay. We were purely farmers. Okay. And uh, our operation was cow and calf, and we rented land to have enough land to run our cows on. Even here in town, we knew people that I had land to rent, and Bill would haul some cattle in here, and we would come in and see about them. And uh, then we had a hog operation, and uh, of course we fattened them because we built a feeding floor and, and fed those out. And uh, we had a layer operation, and I was in charge. Uh, we would buy... 600 laying hens, and they were always the laggards because they lay most, the most eggs, rather than a, a heavy hen. Mm -hmm. And they eat less. you got to think about that, too. A heavy hen eats like a, a Rhode Island red that these big, plump, red, heavy hens, uh -huh. they can eat a, a ton of food. And uh, anyway, we had 600 at a time. 
and I graded the eggs, and that meant you had to gather them at least three times a day, and we got an egg washer and baskets that would sit in there, and they would just swish real easy, you know. And we had a set up in my basement, and uh, then you had a candler that you would cannel them to see if there was blood spots in them or if they were bad. And uh, we had a market for eggs. We delivered twice a week on Wednesdays, on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And did you deliver out to people? To no, we or? just delivered to stores. Okay. Describe a, a candler. Well, actually, it is just like a gallon can uh, setting on its side okay. with a lid on it, a hole in it, and it's fixed to where you can screw a light bulb in it, and you put your egg up to that hole and turn it around so you can see the yolk float. And then we had a weighing machine. Well, actually, it was a, oh, it was a flat uh, rubber pad, and it had a scale right here, and it had three grooves, large groove, middle groove and a small groove so you put your egg on that scale and if it weighed medium it would roll down and go in the medium oh. groove huh. yeah it it worked really good and then when, most people wanted large eggs but a lot uh, you know so we uh, kept them separate and sold the medium eggs for a little bit less money than the large eggs were and we sold our uh at one time, we fattened out cattle, and we would sell fat cattle. But then we quit that and would just uh, sell, like in the fall, your, uh, get your calves that were up. Because we had 300 cows at one time. Right. So that meant quite a bit of money when you sold a, a bunch of your calves at one time when they were ready right. to sell. And then, of course, the hogs went to St. Louis to the market when they were ready. Right. And we we had haulers that came and hauled them for us. So it was a pretty big operation. Did you have employees? or was it... Well, we had one okay. for years. Yeah. And if, we, if he would quit, then we'd try to get others. Mm -hmm. But you just can't hardly get anybody anymore. Well, of course, Bill's passed away now anyway, so... I imagine the kids helped a good bit, too. Oh, yeah. The boys did. Yeah. And the, my oldest girl helped quite a bit. And then they helped in the household, too. Yeah. And then in uh, uh, Bill was really, before we got married in high school, he, uh, well, he Francis, uh, I forget Mr. Gillette's name, the old uh, uh, future farmer. Okay. Um, Teacher, you know. His last name was Gillette? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, anyway, uh, he was big in uh, future farmers. And he went on to get the American farmer degree. Oh. Built it. And we got a balanced farming degree when we were married and had five little kids. We And uh, then, by the way, David was a future... Uh, he got the... Uh, future Farmers of America degree. So did Eli, his son. Now, where did you? Where did they go for that? Uh, well, in school, uh, in school they worked towards that. Oh, okay. And their grades and everything. And there is an organization as right now. Tom Mooney, yeah. you know, okay. um, was ag teacher here, and now his daughter took over for him. So they prepare for that if they want, because they have that organization mm -hmm. in schools right, right now. Yeah. So I just wanted to tell you that, uh, that all three of them had that degree. And Rachel, David's daughter, yeah. has that also, because she was always interested right. in that. How far back does that program go, do you know? Oh, well, Ernest Ward, Grandma Louise's yeah. uh, brother, he got it back then, so it goes back a long way. Okay. You know, it's been around. I don't know the history of it at all. Well, actually, a lot of our interviewees have talked about the 4 H. 
I think you're the first one that brought up the FFA. Yeah, and and uh, when I was uh, a teenager, and even before then, uh, in our Cedar Grove community, we had a 4-H club, and it was called the ABC Club, and it was always busy clubbers. And we would meet at uh, the mother's houses, our, you know, our ha- my house and Louise's house, and all the kids in the community always belong. Is there a difference between, or I guess, well, I know there is, is there a relationship between the 4-H and the FFA? Is the 4-H what you do when you're younger and then fewer people maybe go into Well, actually, uh, it's all the same principle. Right. But But, I mean, there's no high organizations right. in, in the uh, 4-H clubs, you know. They're just, uh, when you're in high school and, and uh, you have community leaders, right. uh, like the Jewett 4-H Club is very big now. And like Sandra Sample and all those ladies down in there. And there's one here in town, or maybe they are all combined now. I really don't know. And is the FFA more academic maybe than the 4-H? I'm trying to figure out what the difference might be. Like why would... Well, um, FFA has to do with cropping. Okay. Learning how, and you can you can have projects, mm-hmm. like uh, you can have welding, mm. you can have chickens, mm. you can have cow and calf, and you've got to keep a notebook of all your duties and all your expenses and all your receipts, and uh, and be judged on that also. So it's getting also into business aspects of it. Yeah, to be yes. Okay. If you want to be a farmer, then you have better knowledge of what you're doing and how to do it, you know, yeah. And is, is the FFA, is that a high school program, or is it something people do outside of high school, or does it even go into college? Well, you uh, you don't get your American farmer degree till you're a year or two out of high school okay. because you got to keep working and uh, through your FFA, your local FFA. It almost sounds like a college of sorts. Well, uh, no, it, it isn't a college, right. but they do have conventions oh, okay. and and they have officers, state officers, okay. and federal and national officers because it is a huge organization and it is all toward the farming aspect right and and uh ladies and gentlemen both do it you know okay so it's basically it's vocational business vocational vocational training yes out of high school kind of taking it to the next level without yes do you think farmers in Madison County have been approached by big agricultural corporations uh, offering to buy people out? Well, probably at one time it was, uh, I think there was an article in our Democrat news about, you know, China has uh, bought out like some of these large meat operations like chickens Tyson's and and uh, and maybe in the livestock end of it too I'm not really for sure but I imagine they are approached at you know one time or another I assume I guess there are it seems like we have a pretty active cattle community as far as farmers still raising pigs and cattle yeah right well Your, David was and, and Eli are still involved right well uh David was and we he did uh, after Bill died we did fatten out the rest of our cattle and had to get rid of them of course and then we quit the hog business too because Bill was, uh, he died from lymphoma. And Eli but, is farming now too? Uh, Eli is just a grain farmer. Okay. I mean, not just. He has, I think he rents like 800 acres of land. Wow. And he had, he sows soybeans and corn. And you should see the corn, yeah. his corn. Plus, he yeah, plants this out here yeah. and all around and yeah. uh, across from the high school. 
and uh, just a lot of land. That and his crops always look just fantastic. And this year, with so much rain, you can just see the corn grow. You know, my grandpa always said, "You can see that corn grow." <laughs> Well, I know uh, in the spring there was a lot of concern that the, the well, so you know, rain up north, they weren't getting it in the ground. Well, and a lot of them didn't get yeah. it planted. Right. But Eli was very fortunate in that he got all his planted. Right. But I think he was a little late on some getting some soybeans out, but he's done a really good job of getting all his out. But I was going to tell you, when Bill and I first got married and moved to that community down there. Now, I was raised on E Highway, which was in the Boswell community. And uh, at that time, it was called Creek Nation. But when I moved down, after we got married, it was Cedar Grove. And there was the uh, Clark, his mother and dad, well, there was five dairies at one time down there, and that just in that community. And there was Rayford Bullinger, Raymond, and Paul, and they had cattle and hog operations. Well, all of them did not have outside jobs at that time. They all were full-fledged farmers, and even Bill was always a full-fledged farmer because we always had a bigger one. But now... Well, I would say uh, right now, everybody has to work to, you know. Farming is more of a side thing? Yeah. Or they, or they have to do both. Now, my daughter, Mary Jo, and her husband, her, their son is in with them. Now, he works, but he does help on the farm, too. And they make hay, and they have a cow and calf operation. But, of course, Mary Jo's been a teacher, and then Frank, um, he was in the well drilling and the gas operation. So even with the same amount of acreage and planting the same amount of crops or having the same amount of cattle, they have to work. Why is that? Well, uh, in, cost well of the cost of living has went up so much, I think, and everything costs so much. Your feed that you're going to feed your cattle is expensive. But if you have several children, you have a big expense right there also, you know. And then uh, later years, then Bill was a full-fledged farmer, and and Clark retired, and he drove a school bus for the school district. And uh, then John Bullinger, who was Rayford's Bullinger son, he had a huge hog operation, and all their wives worked, you know, away from home. With the many wives. And you stayed home, though, and worked on the farm, right? Yes, until all my children were gone. Right. And then I worked for the animal hospital for 10 years as their bookkeeper. That was when Dr. Bryson had it. I worked 10 years there. And at the time I was working there, Guess what I did? I worked at the sale barn, wow. riding tickets by hand. Wow. And you don't think that's not a hard job? Right. <laughs> when a ring full of cattle comes in, and you're sitting up there, and here is an auctioneer, and you got to count those cattle, and here, seven head of cattle sold at $56. <laughs> right. Or if they sell them by head, you got to put... A hundred dollars head, and uh, it just is very detailed. And if they're numbered, you're supposed to get their numbers, like on the back. So when your kids were grown and you went to work at the animal hospital, uh, what happened to the stuff that you were doing on the farm, like as far as the eggs and all that? Well, we had quit the egg business, and and Bill, uh, he had cut back on our hogs and our cattle. So, uh, and then after, uh, and then I ran for election, you know, and I was, I ran for county clerk and I was elected and I served four terms, which is 16 years. And then I retired. And then it wasn't too long after that that Bill, well, actually Bill passed away before I 
retired. So it's just sort of the ebb and flow of, and I guess that happens a lot where people farm for a while and then whether well they, they get older, yeah, their right. ki- their children leave home, right? And right now I have eight grandkids. I have eleven great great grandkids, and I've made them all quilt. And uh, I, I uh, at first I didn't like being retired, but you got to get used to it. But I retired when I was 72, and I thought, well, okay, if I run again, 72, 73, 74, you don't know what health you're going to be in, and it would be bad to run and win and have to retire in midstream. Mm -hmm. So I decided to retire then. Do you have a lot of your kids and grandkids, a lot of the family still in this area? Oh, yes. All of them are real close to me, right. uh, except for my oldest daughter, Janae, who works for LabCorp of America, and she is in charge of the, uh, she lives in Dallas, Texas, and she is in charge of their contract and uh, renting business end of it, and their headquarters is in Dallas, so she works there. So, one question I have, you've been around thinking about You've been around for a while. You served at, you worked at the county. Um, you have a, a long-term perspective of Fredericktown, Madison County. Do you have any thoughts on, on Fredericktown, Madison County today? What you see? Well, I just think it's a beautiful county, and and we just have an uh, diversified businesses and great businesses here. I know Main Street is, but that happens to a lot of little towns. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have a huge Walmart, and uh, I just think Madison County is a wonderful place. Right. And Fredericktown, I love it. Yeah. Of course, I'm partial to rural areas, right. but anyway, it's a quaint little town, and it's great, yeah. really great, yeah. Also, the older uh, people in the community, We've got uh, nursing homes that take care of them, and I think we should really appreciate what we've got here. And wonderful people. Oh, another thing I was going to tell you, of course, um, you know, we have two really good rivers in this territory. We have the big St. Francis, and the little St. Francis runs through our farm, because on the other side of the river, we have two fields Mm -hmm. over there. And a long time ago, they they had uh, what you, these crossings, river crossings, mm-hmm. fords you used to call them. Right. And there is a ford below Grandma uh, Bill's mom and dad's house where Eli and Whitley live now, and uh, it was called Saint Clair Ford. Mm. But they call it the Whitener Ford now (laughs) because there's so many Whiteners live in that. Because my son Dick lives right down the road. Mary Jo lives this way down the road. David lives this way down the road. And Sherry, she lives at Deer Run. So that's not far. But then, of course, my daughter Janae, who's the oldest, she lives in Dallas. So, Would a Ford also be like a low water bridge? Yeah, well, at the, at that time, yes. Uh, then they concreted them and made a low water bridge. Okay. You know, but at that time, you had to cross it on the gravel in the water. Oh, okay. So they just, yeah. later on just started adding concrete to make it smoother for cars and stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, the white of the St. Clair Ford or the White Ford now. Um, part of it is on the concrete, I mean on the gravel. The upper end does have a, a little culvert going through it. But it's pretty long. And and then, of course, there is Matthews Creek and a, and a Slater's Creek that uh, runs through properties down there also. And, you know, that's interesting because there's and good wells and good water. You know, yeah. for your cattle and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I wanted to ask about when you said you were thinking, you know, as you were retiring from the farming, um, did renting out your land or leasing your land, do some farmers do that when they want to if, ease up on the load? I think they do, just like uh, David rents, I mean, uh, Eli rents land yeah. <clears throat> for his crops, you know. Yeah, I think if, uh, I think people get attached if they're in the country. They don't want to sell their land. Mm -hmm. And if they can get by, uh, I think they would rather rent it, mm -hmm. you know. But, of course, when my husband uh, passed away, we had a uh, little over 300 acres. And I divided that up and gave it to my kids is what I did with mine. Do you use a computer? Do you Are you on Facebook? How connected do you feel? I'm not one of these computer fanatics, right. you might say. Uh, yes, I know how to get on the Internet and look up what I want. Do, that, do you do that with a phone or do you have a tablet? No, I have a, a new computer. My oh. kids, uh, oh. Janae, my kids got it for me. Janae did and hooked it all up. And... Uh, I play games. I do get on the air and look up what I want. And uh, I find, uh, I like to look at, uh, well, lilies are my favorite flower. Okay. So I get on there and look at flowers and antiques things. And I love antiques. And, uh, but I'm not one of the well-known computer operators, but I can... <laughs> do, you email, do you email and use it to stay in touch with family at all, or...? No, okay. I don't, because I just telephone them. You just call them, okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you text? With a phone or anything? No. no. Uh, my daughter, Sherry, did get me a cell phone, but I use it as little as possible. Uh, so a landline, <laughs> like an old-fashioned landline? Yes. One of the holdouts, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just listening to someone talk about that the other day, and landlines are one of the things that seems to be getting left behind. Yeah. Well, everybody now uh, don't want to pay for their landline when they have a cell phone. Landlines are much cheaper. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, exactly. When you go to purchasing a cell phone, yeah. a new one, if you have to have one. And, every, and now it seems like apparently every kid has to have one then. So it's, yeah. yeah, you don't just have one. You got five or three or however many kids you got. And, yeah. yeah. So okay. Thank you so right. much. Well, you're welcome. Thank you so much.